Welcome to Exploring Digital with Per, a podcast for entrepreneurs and CEOs who want their businesses to benefit from a digital-first approach. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Exploring Digital with Per. I'm joined today by Christian Gunn, who's the founder at Love Gun, which is a design and branding agency specializing in turning customers into fans in a sector agnostic approach. Hi, Christian. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? How's it going? Really well, yeah. Um, do you want to kick us off by telling everyone a little bit about yourself, your background, how you came to, I'm guessing, found Love Gun and, and give it uh, give it its eponymous name? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, as, as you said, I'm Chris Gunn. Um, so I'm Managing Director and Co-Founder of Love Gun. Um, so we are four years old, actually, at the end of this month. So that'll be our fourth birthday. Um, and yeah, my background is originally in sport, uh, worked um, in, for a football club and a, a well-known UK um, charity, um, focused in sport, working in events, marketing, um, and then moved into the branding world. So worked in um, you know, numerous branding agencies in an account management uh, kind of business operations side um, before meeting my now uh, co-founder, Tom Love. Uh, we met at a previous agency. Tom was, um, you know, on the creative side of things. I was on the um, account side of things. We had a similar outlook, a similar passion uh, to start our own thing. And, uh, yeah, the rest is kind of history. So, yeah, we started started Love Gun there and then. Brilliant. So not glamorizing weapons, just a portmanteau. Exactly. Yeah. So my last name, obviously, Gun, and Tom is uh, Tom's last name is Love. It would be rude not to put those two names together. Uh, we did toy with Gun Love, but we deemed that was a bit too Donald Trump, you know, a bit too, uh, yeah, uh, terrifying. And um, we went with Love Gun in the end, which seems to have gone down well. Certainly memorable, and uh, yeah, we we own any uh, any uh, underhand references. Uh, <laughs> Very good. I look forward to the branded merchandise. Oh, so, um, from the you know the feel you get from from your you know from your site and the, the position of the agency, it feels like it's very sort of strategy led. There's all of this uh, uh, collateral about you know positioning and purpose and and you know as you say turning customers into fans. What are the what's the process that you go through when you're you're building a, a brand strategy for a, for a client and how does that that differentiate you? Yeah, absolutely. So I think what we firmly believe is that um, to to build a, a brand that is both engaging, but also kind of withstand the test of time, you need to build some kind of essential foundations. And that really is based on the who, the why, the what, the how. Um, so actually, you know, who you are, who, who's your audience, what what do you stand for, actually, where, where have you got to to this point today that has meant that, you know, it's your successes, your failures, your learnings, and actually where do you want to get to in the future? Um, and actually what, what you stand for, what makes you different, both in comparison to your competitors, but understanding your target audience, um, why you're doing it, where you want to get to, what, is, what does success look like, what achievements and um, where you're going to get to, and then also how. So, um, you know, how you're going to do it that makes, makes you different. Um, and yeah, we, we build that through, um, you know, uh, a, a quite clearly kind of defined and set process, which starts with a workshop. So we workshop with all of our clients to really understand them and who they are. Um, we work as brand consultants and really embrace what they do as a business. They, you know, they're, they're experts in their fields and how we're going to um, really kind of capture and um, grow where, where they're at and, um, you know, get to that end goal. So for one company, it might be, you know, we want to turn over X million. For another, it might be, you know, uh, we want to um, 
we want to reach zero carbon emissions or, um, you know, everyone has a different passion, a different story. And for us, it's really distilling that, understanding it, building foundations around the who, the why, the what, the how. And then you can build great, um, uh, brilliant creative experiences um, through, you know, identity, uh, numerous different touch points um, through the creative journey. Do you think it's something that uh, is proportional to the size of an organization, it, it, how, whether it, an organization struggles to be introspective? Um, and uh, do you feel that can, that can affect a brand strategy or is it, is it harder for you to tease out those details and make people think creatively about themselves? Do you know what? It's every, every brief and every um, example is different. You know, we, uh, as you noted, um, we are sector agnostic and we made that decision because, you know, we firmly believe taking inspiration from outside sector. You know, you might be a sports client, but actually taking inspiration from fashion. You might be a packaging brand, but taking inspiration from music actually means better experiences, um, unique experiences and one that will kind of um, lead change. So uh, being sector agnostic, we get many different briefs. We work with a lot of startups. So that example, um, you know, with startups is, you know, they they really need to um, establish a clear vision and a clear difference that we work with them to do. Um, so, you know, uh, you'd hope somebody starts a business with a with a bright idea and have done enough research to um, to to kind of stress test that to make sure there's opportunity. But what we do is we as a brand consultants, we make sure that that is commercially viable. Um, you know, we we stress test, we speak to the target market, we understand what you know consumers want is actually what they deem their customer the the right customer. We challenge that, and then we build out what is the core strategy before then moving on to creativity, creative, um, to en- ensure that that is kind of tested. So that's one example of startups needing to really understand who they are and where where they want to position themselves. But then we work with, you know, large organizations where it can be a brand campaign rather than, you know, a brand itself. So actually, you know, who is, uh, what is the challenge? You know, for example, working with the likes of Chelsea Football Club, they want to engage their global youth proposition. So actually, who are they? What is the age range? Where do they, where do they live? Where do they exist? What do they, what apps do they have on their phone? What, um, where are they spending their their dwell time outside of football, um, and what will inspire and engage them to um, to yeah I suppose um, in, engage with a, a Chelsea product rather than a Netflix or a YouTube one. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's understanding the strategy of both you know whether it's a business, a campaign, or um, you know really getting to that end point. We always talk about the the, the end result actually where 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 where. What does success look like, whether it be a business, a brand, or a campaign itself? And do you think that is is that an area where people have made mistakes historically? Is that something you uh, you're able to to tease out? Well, you might think success looks like this, but perhaps in the context, maybe you know. We, we've seen the, these trends. You know, you you can advise, or, or um, you're able to to angle a campaign a little bit differently absolutely and i think that's that's through the the process as well um you know we are brand consultants we're brought in to um you know hopefully uh lean on our years of expertise and you know working with various different brands businesses of different sizes and turnovers is actually you know stress testing the idea to make sure that it's a good one so you know we use the startup example um, first and foremost, the process of, of a workshop is, you know, it's at, at the 
um, at the kind of most minimal end of the scale, it's a half a day workshop where we, you know, we work through actually, you know, what is this idea? Who is the customer? We're stress testing all along the way, actually, you know, looking at the target market. Where do you sit in that market? Are you high tech or actually are you, um, you know, more, more commercially savvy? You know, actually, where are, what are the key steps to success that we're going to distill and make, um, you know, build your build your strategy from? I think the key mistake is that upfront research that you know we we take responsibility for, but also actually talking to the target market. You know, we are um, we we use social listening tools to actually understand what what are the markets saying about a sector. So, for example, you might be uh, a, a food and drink brand. You know, you've got a new you've got an oat milk, for example. Um, you know, what are people saying about the likes of Oatly and, uh, you know, Linda McCartney and the, the other brands? You know, where, where are they shopping? What is their behavior? And then when we find a gap in the market, it's actually then going out and having, you know, one on one interviews, focus groups, target markets on actually what do they want from that oat milk? You know, what do they want it to taste like? Um, where where uh, where are they looking? Where are they shopping? What are they looking for? Is it the very best offers? You know, and but then also aesthetically, you know, what colors resonate? What um, what kind of messaging? Um, you know, obviously, oat milk is probably a, a bad example, um, but uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's really trying to get to that unique, um, you know, that unique difference that means that you can you know you can grow, but also um, last the test of time and actually have an idea that works. And you know, we've we've been in workshops very recently, in fact, where we've worked with. Um, uh, you know, someone's come to us with an idea. We've um, we've workshopped that idea, and we found that actually there were there were hundreds of other competitors doing exactly the same thing. And rather than saying, you know, great idea, but you know, we've actually looked at it, and um, there isn't any opportunity here. Thanks anyway. Good luck. Um, we problem solve. So actually, working out what um, where the opportunity lies. So um, you know, pivoting that to a, a, a niche audience, for example, niching it down initially, and actually seeing what that growth looks like. Or um, you know, looking at other avenues of, of success. So um, yeah, it's it's bringing our expertise, but also it's kind of a facilitating exercise as well. You know, we often say our workshops are a form of counselling um, because it's you know it's getting multiple stakeholders in a room. We've been in workshops before where they haven't actually been in a room together ever, um, and um, it's you know banding ideas around, actually understanding where the opportunity lies, what the potential problems are. Um, and yeah, kind of facilitating that process using our expertise, but really leaning on the expertise of you know people that know their sector, know their space, and um, hopefully have big ideas of where they want to go. Absolutely, it's it's a, it's a good point you raise around startups being a nice example because it's such a, a fresh proposition. We're exposed to, I guess, techier startups than oat milk. Um, but we, we we get involved in you know, lots of MVP MVP builds for for early stage startups, and um, there's a fine line because when we're we're planning a product or, or working on you know, initial technical spec, there's you know, it, it depends on the nature of the funding model that they're going for, or, or you know how, how they're how they're financing the MVP build. But the discussion around oh, have you considered monetization? How are you going to price this service if it is a service? And if it's a we haven't considered that at all, and that's that's for later. Even if you're financially viable and you don't need to to make the money early on, it's still often, as you say, it's, it's the research that you've missed out early on that that you really should not only use to influence price but to influence influence the product. Mm-hmm. Because if you understand the price point and you understand who the buyer is, yeah. then you understand a lot more about what you've got to build. Yeah. Um, and having that, you might not consider it a, a brand strategy, 
but it is a, it's tied up in brand strategies and tied up in product development. It's such a, a kind of cross-discipline um, factor that you need to build into to a, to a business plan. Yeah. Um, but that then influences everything else. So it's, yeah, you don't want to run off going off half-cocked. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's, yeah, it's, it's exactly that. But I think it's the wider vision as well. This is what we always talk to people about. It's actually like, yeah, let's, you know, let's look at one year's time, three years' time, five years' time. You know, you might you might have a, um, I don't know, a sweet brand, but actually, you know, five years' time has always been your dream to start a hotel chain. Actually, you know, realistically, how are we going to work through those steps to get you to that end point and that end goal? Um, and it's, you know, it's not like we're, we're going to, um, you know, hand, uh, hand over millions of pounds or give you access to that to get to this hotel chain. But it's actually, you know, what what is the, the bigger idea? What is the wider thinking to get to this point? And we, you know, we firmly believe these foundations around the who, the why, the what, the how um, happening first and foremost can then feed into the product development. You know, you mentioned the, te- the tech side, actually, you know, exploring what the yeah pricing structure is, things like this, you know, actually, this is the end goal. This is where we want to get to and actually breaking down those steps. It's almost like starting in year five and moving backwards. You know, often um, that is way too far in the future, even, you know, for us, um, for a, a small tech startup, for example, or a growing one. Um, you know, it's moving back for a shorter period of time. But, yeah, it's it's all about um, yeah, goal setting, the the wider vision and what what the what the what the bigger meaning is. Would you say it's fair to characterize the um, the brand strategy process as a sort of fluffy uh, process, as you say, counseling in the middle, but bookended by um, or sandwiched by by technology? So you're using these social listening tools, you're using whatever the, the market research technologies are that you're going to, to use to identify these customers and look at the, the platforms that they're on. And then at the other end, there's normally some form of uh, technical rollout. Um, whether that's a new lovely site for that brand representing its new structure and, and strategy or um, a campaign that's that's got some underlying technology there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think more and more so that is um, we're seeing the impact of technology there too. Um, you know, the use of social listening tools is um, a relatively new one for us in terms of, you know, um, implementing it to every project that we work on. So it's actually understanding, you know, pre um, pre-workshop or pre-kickoff actually what is the conversation around that product or that sector or that culture um, and you know monitoring that all along the way so actually we can you know we can monitor what's going on in, uh, on a kind of a, a top line level but actually then you know distill that um, along the way you know we, we may have points of contention we might have stakeholders that disagree on a certain matter actually you know no I want to I want to target Gen Z not um, you know uh, um, millennials um, and actually you know we can look at you know what is the behavior across social um, but also um, I think you know moving away from tech too is actually talking to people and understanding their their habits um, in person too so through through workshops through market testing and um, that that helps as well and hand in hand I think the the technology but also kind of um, the the understanding people and your your audience is is important but then yeah at the the end stage as well you know typically our our um niche processes from that workshop all the way through to delivering guidelines so 
actually, you know, we've gone through this process of, of establishing the who, the why, the what, the how, what they stand for as a business, what, what they mean. Um, and then there's always a creative treatment, which typically is identity, um, you know, overall art direction of the brand. And then, yeah, the, the final deliverable is guidelines. Um, and that that is then the foundations in place for us to then start working across websites or an app platform or community platform or video or animation, all these different touch points. Um, but yeah, the, the initial foundations are so important. Um, but what is the yeah the beautiful thing about social listening is we are monitoring that throughout throughout the journey, um, and the I'd say the most important stage is arguably the the initial one understanding the landscape. But it is you know three to six months after we've launched a new brand, actually you know especially B two C facing brands, actually how is that brand performing? Um, you know what is the conversation around it? You know it, that's not just sentiment to visually how the brand looks, but actually where is the potential opportunity? So this brand is always growing, always evolving, um, and um, you know it's it's growing in spaces that it needs to, either through you know social media or marketing or advertising or actually product development itself. Um, so yeah, that that technology is is essential. You touched on earlier the the approach, whether it was from a millennial or a, or a Gen Z, is there a difference as to how you go about turning a, a customer into a fan based on the generation they, they fall into? Is it just the adoption of a different platform or is it that there's actually a, a, a different way that you put the strategy together? Yeah, I think we, you know, we, we did a, um, a, an insight piece, I think it was last year on, you know, what, what Gen Z want. Um, obviously, you know, we know lots of brands now are, are building out their narrative for a Gen Z audience as they, they kind of move into uh, the adult world, for want of a better phrase, but also, you know, like the growth of TikTok and Instagram. Um, so it's, um, yeah, it's, it's understanding what an authentic, um, you know, c- connection or um, experience means to Gen Z over, you know, millennials. It's, um, you know, the, uh, the, the research and um, kind of de- development around what Gen Z want. Obviously, everybody's different, but it's authentic connections. It's all about community. It's all about, um, you know, tactile experiences as well. It's not just, you know, um, a d- digital focused it's um, yeah, being able to share, being able to create your own content. You know, TikTok and um, Instagram have given those um, you know that platform to to share, but also create your own content to engage um, in what is yeah authentic and real experiences. And then you look at Twitch as well, where you know you're able to um, yeah be be your own content creator, but also have um, conversation and um, communication on a mass scale. So I think. What we're always really cautious about um, saying is also, you know, this is ever evolving too. Um, you know, uh, what uh, one one person wants is very different to another. So it's all about, you know, demographic. It's where they where they live, where they, um, you know, even regionally, not just nationally. Um, yeah, kind of all, all around culture and um, yeah, there's so many different areas. Hence, why technology like social listening is so important to understand where trends are moving and going. Um, yeah, when you look at a millennial audience, it's um, I think it yeah it can boil down to platforms specifically, but actually how they engage is there is there still a market on on TV or is uh, you know is an influencer um, audience much more kind of applicable for that generation? I think it's ever moving, it's ever evolving, but um, yeah, for us it's just trying to trying to uh, stay stay on top of it, which is obviously a, a difficult task. <laughs> 
yeah, an ever moving, uh, uh, ever moving piece. So, what about? Have you seen it backfire? Is it just a case of you know sometimes people don't get the right message for the platform, or it doesn't come across as inauthentic? Um, have you seen times where where it really hasn't worked? Uh, trying to target a particular audience using a certain platform. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I have an example on that, mate. Um... <laughs> No, don't worry. Can, can you talk, well, can you let's, let's, go, let's go for a slightly different version of the question. <laughs> so you're all about turning customers into fans. That, that's a state that may uh, last a long time. It could be, a, could be a short time. What happens when a fan becomes disengaged and actually moves away from a brand? How do you track that or adjust your, your strategy to, to deal with it? Yeah, I think that's when a brand experience then kind of filters down into a campaign experience. Actually, you know, what we what is so important for a brand, and again, this is why, you know, it's monitoring and maintaining, um, you know, um, a, be it a campaign or marketing strategy or, you know, advertising. It's, it's ever evolving and it's ever moving and it's ever changing. I think COVID was a really good example of that, you know, hands, how brands behaved, um, and acted towards their audience, you know, whether it was kind of supporting on a community basis, a really good example, you know, being a football fan, I always use football as an example. Um, and it pains me to do this because I'm not a massive fan. But Leicester City were a really good example of engaging across social, especially Twitter, with their audience, making sure they're applying to comments and, you know, uh, engaging on a really authentic level. That meant that actually, you know, when fans became disengaged and actually, you know, on a much deeper level, you know, as we all know, at the beginning of COVID, the, the beginning of lockdown, there was a bit of a, you know, um, a shell shock factor. You know, what is going on? This is all a bit new. Football being cancelled. And then actually, you know, football clubs had to um, kind of innovate, change and, um, you know, um, do things differently to engage their audience. And yeah, Leicester, a good, good example doing that. I think, um, you know, as basic again as, um, you know, the, the fan cutouts, um, you know, in, in stadiums sat on the seats where, you know, you've got, you've got cutouts of, of fans there. It's, you know, it's one small idea that actually really works that makes fans feel included. They're, you know, they're watching on screen. You know, I can, I can see myself in my, in my season ticket. You know, it's making people feel, um, you know, that they're still involved and they're still cared about. And I think brands can take um, a lot of, uh, learnings and experiences from that too, um, to kind of kind of really engage. But you know, when with a, a the difference between a customer and a fan again, ever evolving and ever changing. But it's actually you know, um, it's making an experience different and unique. Um, but also actually you know, it, it's it's trust as well. And um, so actually you know, the consistent messaging. Um, messaging that that feels authentic it's 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 close to you know tone of voice it's not dramatically changing um you know throughout that that stage so it's you know you want to you want to innovate you want to do things differently but at the same time you need to stay authentic to what your brand represents and what your values um you know really mean it's it's no good a uh, you know a, a, an oil or gas company um doing a, an advertising piece around sustainability during uh, you know uh, I, I don't know, World, um, world Sustainability Week. Uh, that's a really bad example. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's inauthentic and people will see through that. Um, yeah, and that's, that's, I think, really important. 
And I think an example that we were we were relatively outspoken about, you know, we 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 wrote a piece on it was the you know Tesco's um, with their advertising campaign trying to um, influence people to go down to their their local pub. Um, you know, the sentiment was good, um, of course, and you know I don't want to be one of those cynics that's always slagging off big brands for um, you know trying to trying to do something good or something different, but it felt inauthentic. It felt um, it had been done before, for example, you know, uh, Burger King had done it, you know, relatively high profile, but also, you know, the, the timing of it, um, it, it was, it was confusing and to, 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 to us felt inauthentic and kind of unnecessary as well. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, is that a limitation? Do you think when you're putting a strategy together for a, for a brand going, well, look, this has been done before, you're going to seem late to the party. Um, maybe maybe don't take that approach that you were previously thinking of, or um, we'd like to have done this, but someone's beaten us there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that also that's the nature of our business. You know, we're we're a startup for one, but also you know we we have we you know we don't have a star necessarily, but you know we we work across campaigns and brands where you know we're doing something different, we're challenging. You know, typically brands come to businesses like ours because they want to do something different, they want new ideas, they want new thinking. And obviously, we need to embrace that. And it's not like, you know, every brief we get, we're thinking, you know, wildly outside the box. You know, we, again, it's going back to what I've talked about for the last, you know, half an hour or so. It's it's really understanding your target market and where the opportunities lie. But also, yeah, you, you've got to you've got to be different. There's got to be a point of difference. And that, you know, we, we typically work on, um, you know, the kind of essence of what, what makes a brand a brand or a business a business. And that, and then that stems down to um, the the campaign level. So it's you know you can be relatively safe in in terms of a brand point of view, but actually one of your values might be to you know to challenge, do things a little bit differently, and then that's when you can you can look at it from a, a campaign perspective. So on one hand, I think it's it's playing it safe to the point that you know we don't want to push people so far that it fails. But at the same time, yeah, it's finding that point of difference by listening. I think listening is the, the really key theme here. Are there other limitations or does it vary a bit? You know, I'm guessing a startup, the limitation is primarily money, you know, available, whereas a bigger brand, it might be that lack of appetite to to, to do new things. Yeah, absolutely. And that is, that's a key part of our process as well. You know, post workshop, we then go away, we do, you know, build together what is called the strategy, the words, you know, this is who you are, this is what you stand for, whether it be the brand or a campaign, and then it's ideas, you know, so we, we typically do two to three conceptual routes as part of our process of, you know, actually, these are the different avenues, this is the, these are the different opportunities. And this is how far we can push it. So, um, yeah, it, 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 what, what that does is actually, you know, we can test the water to see how far, you know, we want to move and how far we want to do things. But also, you know, it, it's, it's arguing different cases as well, actually. You know, we, we, we've found that actually there's this opportunity here where we can move in this direction, but there's actually, you know, moving you away from your safe space. But actually, you know, this is more, you know, in that, in that safe space area as well. But I think there, there are just numerous factors. Every business is different. As I said, you know, the majority of startups or businesses that we work with, typically they're post seed A or seed B funding just because of kind of the, the depth that we go into and in our process. 
they're um, you know they're almost always you know we're we're looking for turnover or you know we're we're looking to to grow or get to a, a certain point. But then with yeah with bigger with bigger brands or um, you know more B two C focused brands, it's actually engagement and um, you know growing the brand through in different areas, whether it's regionally or um, yeah through a different social platform or um, you know they want to. They want to um, change up the way that they, I don't know, engage across video or um, it's all of these different avenues, which is why very first step is actually understanding what the problem is. Um, you know, we only have businesses come to us with a problem, whether it's engaging new audiences or they don't have a brand. There is always a problem and we need to get to the root of that problem. Um, and actually where where the, the journey to get into that problem was and actually what the journey needs to be working together. Um, so, yeah, without without it adding, sounding too fluffy or uh, cliche, um, it's it really is a collaboration and we're, we're really embracing the expertise of all those involved, whether it's just the client or the um, advisors or stakeholders um, and bringing our own um, spin to the party as well. So what's the plan for the rest of the year then in terms of taking advantage of uh, the way the country's opening back up or the world's opening back up? Are there, are there uh, new approaches or, or um, yeah, techniques you're going to be revisiting as a result of the, the world changing and being, people being able to connect in person again? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, 2021 has been an exciting and interesting year for us so far. Um, as a, again, you know, going back to the sector agnostic thing, we're working with a range of different businesses, but the common theme seems to be around community. So, you know, we work with a, um, you know, a, a challenger travel brand that's really focusing on, um, you know, UK, um, UK holiday, um, seeing the opportunity there. So for us, it was a really exciting opportunity to really capture what it means to um, holiday, uh, you know, two hours from your doorstep, not necessarily 20 hours across the other side of the world. Um, you know, we're working with, um, you know, uh, um, med- medical tech um, company as well, you know, working with, um, uh, I shouldn't and can't say too much, but, you know, working with um, helping, you know, um, the vaccination process, actually easier booking, um, easier, easier booking um, technology and um, processes. Um, and it all stems back to all stems back to community, which we're really seeing a um, you know a, a growth in. Um, and yeah, where we're where we're moving as business as well is you know really putting more onus on that um, understanding your market and your consumer, um, and really listening. Again, you're probably sick of hearing me bang on about it, but it's yeah, it's understanding through social listening, a wider landscape, but then you know that that one-on-one, um, you know, workshopping, market testing to understand what what people want and what an authentic experience means to that person um and yeah it's it's growing growing that process and i think we um you know we're putting a lot more onus on that kind of workshop research phase to make sure that we are really kind of um yeah stress testing those areas which is all the more important with this change with things opening back up 
um, and um, yeah, making sure that those those experiences that have become so important across social or across digital, which you know brands have rightly so been really bolstering, um, it's making sure that they um, they transcend into a physical space. So again, using a football club as an example, you know it's you know they've grown across social. They might have um, engaged through esports or um, you know video gamification, but actually then how does that transcend to football stadiums reopening and um, the experience around a match day, you know, 90 minutes on a football club. Every football club's problem has always been how can we capture, um, you know, the the um, attention and experience as a football fan before and after the game. You know, the, in the US, in American football, for example, they do it really well. You know, people get there three hours before and tailgating and stay three hours after to party, you know, beyond... Um, beyond the game of football. So how how fans, how football clubs can do that, can ca- carry on that experience through digital, through social, but also it's engaging, continuing to ga- engage new audiences on a, on a global and um, global landscape. Cool. So that, that topic of, of listening and, and have, having this more of a community engagement before and after the fact, would that be your, your top tip for businesses at the moment or uh, can it be refined even further? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say we'll refine that for sure. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, you know, I, won't, I couldn't put the uh, onus more on authenticity and actually understanding what, it, what that experience means to your consumer and, um, you know, your target market. Um, actually, you know, it's you know the longevity and success in terms of that engagement is through um, yeah multiple touch points, and the the onus for the last eighteen months has really been on digital and social. You know, lots of different brands have had to accelerate. You know how they engage across social or um, you know across digital, but actually, it's taking it back to those personal personal experiences. We be that through you know um, events or you know. I, I don't know, out of home advertising, you know, it's um, making sure that, um, yeah, the, I suppose the, the, um, the physical experience um, of a brand um, is, yeah, is, is growing and is the onus is there too. Um, through that authenticity, that was a bit of a rambling reply, but. <laughs> no, that, that, that makes perfect sense. No, trying to support the, the engagement uh, and the community you've built up virtually through more in-person things and, and making it all tie together a bit better yeah um, ab- absolutely good. and i look forward to experiencing more of more of these touch points yeah absolutely thank you yeah I, I, yeah that's, that's Sorry, the were one you, were you, were you... <laughs> yeah. brilliant well look christian thanks so much for chatting it's been really interesting having having that discussion and uh, all the best for 2021 thank you very much nick appreciate it take care all the best Thanks, everyone, for joining another episode of Exploring Digital with Per. See you again next time. Thanks for joining. Remember to subscribe and follow us and to share today's insights with other businesses you know who want to stay relevant in a digital-first world.